0: Resistance. in existence, join the resistance, Come on, let's start by let's and Here's how we practice, the
1: David
0: Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum, this is John Elliott, this is Patrick McCarty, and this week we are doing, Get a Life versus Well, just Get a Life. Yep, Get a Life uh for, i i know, rewatching this i i was thinking i know this this is n- people will think i'm saying this to be hip or whatever maybe but uh i think this was my favorite sitcom of all time i
2: i it's close i think the only problem is it was only two seasons
0: yeah but the thing i noticed about it the reason the reason i like this so much is because no other sitcoms i could think of uh give me giggle fits like this (laughs) does it's like this and sometimes triumph the insult comic dog and then uh like those damn you autocorrect things sometimes do it and uh (laughs) and a horsey surprise which we've talked about before uh does it uh but not many things could do that And, and as far as sitcoms none really except this what would you say was your favorite sitcom of all time if not this
2: I, I really like Arrested Development, but this would be it's up true. there with it. Uh, the thing about Arrested Development, that's nice, is how how dense their their stuff is. That you miss stuff the first time you watch it. With Kind of Life, all you, you actually do miss stuff, but it's just stupid stuff.
0: Right. It's a well, you could describe it as dense, but it would mean a totally different thing.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. It is dense. I. It's. And this is the just having this conversation reminds me, isn't there? There is definitely an episode with Jackie Earl Haley. Oh yeah, his, one that, of the funniest episodes ever. We're not going to talk about it today, but it. My favorite joke is that he puts eggs, egg, or I think egg salad, or maybe just hard boiled eggs into his his heating ducts in his car. <laughs>
1: it's so yeah,
0: it's, Chris Elliott does that to get back at him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and tries. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley plays his cousin, who's like the rich one of the success of the family cause he has like $900 in his bank account or something. And, uh, Chris tries to show him up by cracking a uh, block of ice with his head. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that kind of show. It's, it's,
2: do you remember that or did you, is that one of the ones you rewatched?
0: I, I rewatched it. Okay, yeah. That's, uh, I don't
2: feel so bad about having a terrible memory.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's that kind of show. I, I, it's, it's definitely not for everybody. And I, I mean, I know people who hate it and who hate Chris Elliott. Um, and just can't stand it. And it is, it is. I mean, it's so dumb. It's so dumb that it edges over into genius. And then I think it goes all the way back around to dumb. And yeah, then just it, it, stays on the line there between dumb and genius. Yeah.
2: Because <laughs> there is there's just some really stupid stuff that they, that doesn't pass over. Because there's that dumb comedy that's, that's hard to do. And they do that well. But sometimes they just have dumb comedy. And it, it makes it funnier. Like when he he giggles at the word "titmouse," that's just dumb, but it's, it's still funny.
0: Hey, I'm, l- I'm laughing thinking about it though. No, it, it's it's stupid. I mean, there was you didn't watch it, but uh, there was an episode of this where they had uh for the commentary they had uh, David Merkin, uh the what what was he the the showrunner I guess right executive producer head writer
2: showrunner uh, I think he had a. Large part in creating the concept of the show, yeah. Sim Resnick I, originally, from what I understand, he was looking to put together a an American version of the Young Ones. So and that didn't happen, but a lot of the ideas that, of stuff he wanted to do got folded over into Get a Life.
0: Oh, that's interesting because yeah, I could see a lot of uh, a lot of crossover with fans of those two shows probably.
2: Yeah, just and a lot of people who don't mind just. Abject absurdity
0: right and that's what i was going to talk about with this commentary that i just started giggling at the commentary too because he had a clinical psychologist on to talk about chris peterson who is uh the main character chris elliott plays his uh psychological issues and you know she's she's doing it seriously and she's like saying well he's he's a bit psychotic and uh (laughs) just going off on all these things and she's like he has a disorganized attachment style and I was like yeah he does that's a that's a good phrase but uh do you realize what you're using your degree for right now (laughs) like you might as well be psychoanalyzing Daffy Duck really right so the whole thing it was just absurdity stacked on top of absurdity while I was watching that commentary that that made me lose it a little bit
2: not that I, 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 I mean I think Merkin probably had that in mind but also had in mind that it would be fun to talk about that because he seems like a funny guy that knows what's going on oh yeah
0: he definitely knows what's going on he mentioned in that commentary that uh he was scared of chris peterson the character (laughs) the more he watched the show so but (laughs) um yeah we so we should get into it so so he plays a 30 year old paper boy who lives at home with his parents in the first season and then he moves into somebody else's garage in the second season.
2: He lives in a room on top of their garage, the parents' garage. Parents,
0: yes. And then he moves into uh, Gus's garage, played by Brian Doyle Murray in the second season. And, Bill uh, Murray's brother. Yes. And in the commentary, half-brother, I think. In the not comment- I know that. I, th- I, I think so. Um, in the commentary for that one I'm talking about, uh, David Merkin said that if they'd got a third season, that his idea was to have Chris become a, uh, a homeless vagrant. <laughs> oh, what,
2: what what could have been? Just
0: wandering around uh, America. Yeah, I think that that would have that would have been the right
2: trajectory for it. Um, uh, it could have been like one of those uh, those shows that were popular at one time. I don't know if there's one now that uh, like the Incredible Hulk was like it, Highway to Heaven, where you'd have a character just traveling from town to town, getting into different adventures.
0: Oh yeah, Quantum Leap.
2: Oh right, yeah. Um, that was more time to time.
0: Yeah, yeah, different strokes. Well, so he's, uh, he's, I mean, people hate him in real life and people hate him on the show. Like, a lot of people want to murder him on the show and, in fact, succeed in murdering him. He dies in a number of episodes.
2: And one episode of the ones we watched.
0: Yes. Yeah, he did. Uh,
2: or two. We could talk about that.
0: A yeah, yeah. Um, but there are so many, like, looking through the list, there are so many episodes that are classic. We each pick three episodes, but I could have easily picked five more.
2: Yeah, and I picked mine. I knew I wanted to do Zoo Animals on Parade because that's the one that people really hate. Zoo,
0: Zoo Animals on Wheels.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I don't know why I keep saying on Parade, but Zoo Animals on Wheels. And I, I feel like that's the one people really hate because it's, it's the weirdest And it's just, it's hard to get into. It's almost,
0: it's it's almost anti-comedy, that episode.
2: Yes. But it really is funny. And uh, I also wanted to do the 1977-2000 because it has time travel stuff that that Merkin pretty much carried over to The Simpsons.
0: Yeah, and the 1977-2000, we should mention, the show's got a good pedigree besides David Merkin. Bob Odenkirk wrote for it. uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote uh 1977 2000
2: and there's uh the guy who wrote i think maybe spewing me or maybe chris's brain start working i think his name was jace jace richardson or jace something he he won an emmy for writing a simpsons episode where uh maggie got married i think i think that's the one but he won an emmy for one simpsons episode yeah yeah so it's not oh yeah people went on and did really neat things
0: yeah and it's it's uh you're gonna know within one episode whether it's for you or not um that's the good thing about it. It is. It's very much like the young ones in that in that way. It is kind of divisive, and it's a it's a cult show that uh, people get really passionate about. The fans, um, just like the, the same as they do with like I don't know Doctor Who or Monty Python or uh, British shows mostly, I guess.
2: Yeah, and it. I mean, I think this is the only show I've gotten. Not obsessed, but gotten really into the fandom of of, of writing I, I guess the Simpsons a little bit. I used to belong to a Simpsons mailing list in like ninety ninety seven or ninety-eight. But get a life I was on before websites were were as popular as they are now. There was something called uh oh, what were the news groups on? Undernet or Usenet? You know, Usenet. Yep. Yeah. And there was alt And I was on there and You know, there wasn't a lot of traffic, but there was some traffic, and just people would reminisce about episodes. And at some point, a guy had all the episodes on on VHS, and they started a, 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 like, I forget what it's called, but like one guy would make a copy and pass it on to another guy, and that kind of thing. And I got a copy of the entire run of the show well before it was ever on any other format. And you watched them. I let you borrow them one time. Yes. And so that was amazing to have that, you know, 20 years before it came out anywhere else.
0: Yeah, we should mention we waited 20 years for this to come out on DVD, thanks to Shout Factory, finally.
2: Right, and you know, some stuff comes out on DVD and it's crap, and I have to say, this is a really a good uh, collection. They have commentary on every episode. I haven't w- watched all of it to hear all the commentary, but they have it on every episode for at least partial bits, and some episodes have it running the entire show. They have a an interview with like a bunch of people from it that was at like a I think one of those uh, <clears throat> symposiums where different stuff happens like this thing they have in San Francisco that you went to. Uh, oh yeah, the Eagle Heart thing. We yeah but uh, no but i mean this was just for *Get a life people like charlie kaufman was there and that's on one of the discs oh so they have a lot of really neat uh oh like the features the academy of
0: television and radio type thing
2: yeah oh, yeah, oh i don't cool. know where it was it was it was in like uh somewhere in new york there's some collection but you know that kind of thing so it's a really for for a, a really unpopular show to, to be frank i mean i know we love it and our favorites, but not everybody loves it. For them to do such a good job on the DVD set is amazing and awesome.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, the fans were... were, What little (coughs) fans there were were rabid. Right. Um, So it it is really nice. And uh, uh, strangely, no involvement from Chris Elliott, uh, which is kind of sad. Or even Bob Elliott, which I would have liked to... I'd like to hear his commentary, too.
2: Yeah, that did stink. I don't understand why. Apparently on the wikipedia it says that he had recorded commentary he said in 2005 he recorded commentary with adam resnick but none of it's on there it's all american so i hope it's not any kind of like fight i hope it's just like whatever they did in 2005 wasn't compatible or it didn't you know Shell factor didn't own the rights to it yeah whatever. i hope it's something like that because yeah it, it's too bad it was all it was all Merkin, and I mean, there's not just just Merkin. There's other writers talked on some of the episodes, and like you said, the the psychologist. But yeah, it's too bad Chris Elliott's voice wasn't there because I, I imagine it would have been really funny.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really good DVD set, and totally worth buying. Well, really, the only way to see it, if you if you want to see it, is to buy the DVD set, I guess. Right? Um, I mean, it's yeah. not a, it's not available streaming. I don't you we talked a little I don't even think it's available to rent from Netflix maybe it is now it might be now but it
2: was a long time where it was waiting we're going to order this and they never did so and it, it, I think I got it really cheap I don't remember how much but it was I was very happy <laughs> when, when I found it like it wasn't the regular price that like Amazon had the deal and I was like this was just made for me
0: thank you <laughs> yeah it's it's great and well I guess we should talk about the actual show um I it's it is kind of, it's very meta in a way, in that it's, we talk a little bit about Married with Children, you know, being a, a reaction to other sitcoms, but this is really just making fun of the whole idea of sitcoms. I think so, yeah. Um,
2: it's, uh, but it's also a loving making fun of it. It's oh, like yeah, no. The people who made this love those sitcoms, but they're they, they like, well, we had enough of them, let's make fun of them now.
0: Yeah, it really was not like anything else on T V at the or even I mean I guess now there's the adult swim stuff that comes kinda close to the the level of humor. Um
2: Yeah, but I would re watching this now and it's not really that close. It's not it's not nearly as funny. It's a lot it's a lot more violent. Not any, not just in the fact that there's I'm thinking of Eagle Heart specifically. Not just the fact that there's violence in the show, but it, it the humor is just it's just more violent. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, this this did have a sweetness to it, although also, a, a really harsh level of darkness. Oh, yeah. Though you didn't take it seriously, watching it. Um, we talked about him getting murdered a lot. There was one episode where uh, Sharon, who was his best friend's uh, wife, and Gus, uh, who was his landlord, ripped his head off and kicked his kicked his head down the street like a soccer ball. Um, so well, the- there's
2: a... There's a joke from an episode we watched that was, I, I think, one of the darkest jokes that's, was I don't it, know, I've ever been on TV. Was it before. the gun? Yeah, yeah, my daddy taught me how to use this gun. You put this part in your mouth and you put your toe right here. On well, the trigger, yeah. I thought, I lost
0: my shit watching that. Uh, yeah, that was super dark. Um, but it just, that was the tone of the show. I mean, everybody wanted him to die, even his own parents.
2: Yes, yes.
0: But I, I did hear... Um, uh, going back to the, the thing about it being a, a commentary on other sitcoms, um, a lot of people I talked to over the years, or when it was on at least, um, like I can't stand that laugh track. It's so it's so cheesy. And I was like, that's the whole point.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I did notice when I watched it, but I really noticed it this time, when I originally watched it, but I really noticed it this time. They don't even use a laugh track for all the jokes. It's th- like they pick and choose when to use it.
0: No, exactly. There are there are whole scenes without uh without laughs sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the the montage scenes which they yeah,
2: it seems like they never used a laugh track for that. Yeah.
0: And they were all great the montage scenes. Um, oh, yeah. the the show's just it's it's really a, a real life or a live action cartoon. That's that's basically what it is, and uh, you just gotta get on board. Uh people call him a psycho and i think that's even on the cover right on his on his mailbag on his bike america's most loved
1: psycho or something um
2: now to put it in context of of what this was like for someone who's never seen the show and don't 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 know who chris elliott was he was not a, a, a sidekick on david letterman but he was a frequent guest who always came on and did absurd crazy characters like he'd go in and play marlon brando but he didn't really play marlon brando it was a terrible marlon brando impersonation and he would just just do the gate do the the thing the whole time and never break character and be really really funny hilarious stupid stuff like that like he played the fugitive that lived under the audience the stairs the bleachers yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's where he came from, and then I guess he got the chance because of his popularity on Letterman. and The fact that Fox just really needed airtime filled up, he got the opportunity to do his own show, and this is "Go Life" is what came from that.
0: Yeah, and he even used um, like the Marlon Brando banana dance, uh, which you I'm, I bet you, you can find on YouTube just just YouTube, you know, Dave Letterman, Marlon Brando, banana dance, or Chris Elliott. Uh, he used that song in in a few episodes. One of the ones we watched um that oh, was song. that that
2: song during the audition is that the banana dance yeah I wanna... okay yeah that's
0: funny um but yeah it's so that's where he came from and
2: uh and of course he's uh bob and ray the famous comedy team from the 50s it's his son who's also in get a life
0: right bob elliott plays um, his father on the show right um and his his mother and father just sit around the kitchen table in bathrobes most of the time. That's all they do and insult Drinking him. Drinking coffee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you want to get into the uh, specific episodes then?
2: Uh, let me see if there's anything else. I think so. There. Oh, there was one thing I read in the little booklet that came with the DVD that the original. First of all, before I talk about that, Sam Robards plays plays a uh, Chris Elliott's best friend who's the the husband of the really the main nemesis of the show yes and sam robards is jason robards and laura mccall's son and i just think it's so funny that he's on this show what his what his parents thought of this show i have no idea i'd love to know
0: they they had to be baffled by it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i didn't know that actually um all right, well, you want to start with a, a Season 1 episode, so Zoo Animals on why, why not just start with Zoo Animals on Wheels? Yeah, yeah, well, that,
2: just go in order, is fine, Zoo yeah, okay,
0: so... Uh, do you have the order of the episodes written down? Because I don't, so... Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll just... good, I'll let you do that, though. Okay, so you, this was your pick, Zoo Animals on Wheels, so uh, talk about it a little bit.
2: Uh, do Do you want to talk about the plot? Yeah, here?
0: Just just like a little brief plot synopsis, and then we'll talk about it.
2: So Chris decides he wants to finally get on stage because he's always he's always wanted to dress up as an animal and be in roller skates. And he because there's a play in, in town that happens to st- star zoo animals on wheels. And when he gets to the playhouse, he finds that his nemesis, what's her name? I only know her real name, Sharon. Sharon is is like the the lead the, the female the lead, lead of the that community theater. He's, she's always the lead, and she kind of runs it. So she, it seems like he's not going to have a chance. But then he auditions, and the director who's excellent in in the show just just played played it to the hilt the kind of character you'd think it would be uh, like someone who should be somewhere else but he's directing community theater so he just plays it up and so he he finds chris Elliott to be perfect for the part chris elliot uh chris peterson sorry and so uh, then there's a montage of them all, of uh what's it called when they practice practicing rehearsing for the play and then the night of the play comes, and Sharon really insults him, so he runs away. I guess this is, you got the point. They do, And then they finally, at the end of the episode, he does the play. Which is? Zoo Animals on Wheels. Which pretty much
0: explains it. It's a play about zoo animals on roller skates. Right.
2: With um, quite
0: possibly the worst show tunes you're ever going to hear anywhere, even parody show tunes. <laughs>
2: And they weren't—they weren't exactly parody. No,
0: they're just terrible.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So uh, I was listening to the commentaries. He's—he's the. He said that this was the best commentary I think I've heard, for the at least the ones we did. He said that the the idea for this musical was based on a story that Chris Elliott used to tell to the cast and crew all the time about his dad, went to see the musical Cats, and mid-performance in Cats, according to the story, is the 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 actors come out into the audience and kind of bother the the audience members. So at that point, Bobby Elliott was so disgusted he just stood up and left. So that's where they got the little kernel of the episode. <laughs>
0: that's awesome.
2: So in, the, in addition to that, Merkin and the other writers were so disgusted that at that at that time. There are so many stage plays. He's like, there's so much there's so much good on stage, and there's all this crap that was fake positive and just wanted you to smile. And even though everything they were doing was crap, and he mentioned specifically Starlight Express, which I guess was another was a real life musical that was on wheels. So uh, that's that's where they were coming from when they wrote this. They were just rallying against that. And that was like, Andrew
0: Lloyd Webber, right?
2: I think both Cats and that were Andrew so, but, Lloyd yeah. Webber. Yeah and uh but to go back to where where i was coming from with that he said that the the lyrics that they wrote were so terrible and they wrote they wrote terrible lyrics on purpose to make fun of that stuff but to get actors to be in the play they had to audition people and the people who were auditioning were doing these terrible lyrics so he's he's like this was a terrible trick that kind of folded in on itself and we were hurting each other yep and us (laughs) in a
0: in a good way no i agree with you it is like I said it's the closest thing I can think of to anti comedy on a on a comedy show I mean purposeful
2: yeah and but... most episodes had some stuff that were were like kind of maybe physical comedy or like the ins- insult comedy this one didn't have much of that it was just straight-on absurd unfunny stuff that that ended up being funny
0: yes it yeah, ridiculous to the nth degree. This episode. Oh, I'm
2: sorry, that's not right. The stuff with Bob Elliott was just straight on funny. That wasn't absurd. Where he's in the audience complaining.
0: Yes. Yeah. That was that was more straight ahead comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, he yeah, he's telling his wife to kill him. <laughs> well,
2: he's, and then, and he's there's one song where the seal says, "I'm a seal, I'm a seal." Like that's all the that's all she says is that she's a seal. And then the song ends. and He's like, "Well, I guess she's a seal."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just being his sarcastic self. Uh, it was... There are some cool things... Well, this reminded me of an episode we didn't do, too, because they do have also fairly obscure references for the age group they're aiming at, I think, but, like, because this episode had... That whole montage was, like, based on the movie All That Jazz. I don't know if you ever saw it.
2: No, yeah. Yeah. I think... Yeah.
0: With the... It's showtime. The whole the whole montage was a takeoff or a parody of, of the movie All That Jazz, um, and... And there was an episode we didn't do that we could have done, uh, the prettiest week in my life, uh, which also had a scene from Fame uh, that it that parody When he, the photographer, he's um Chris becomes a male model, and the photographer asks him to take his shirt off, and Chris starts crying. That's straight out of Fame, but it, it's funny on its own. But it's even funnier when you realize the reference.
2: Yeah, I think because I, I, when this show came out, I was 13, right around there, and I didn't pick up on a lot of this stuff. I noticed. I don't remember which episode we'll talk about when we get to it, but there's an episode where it's a direct Godfather thing. I was like, "Oh, all right."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, all kinds of all kinds of uh, pop culture references before that really became a huge thing to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, this is this is right in the Simpsons are first starting. So,
0: and I did want to mention since I brought up the prettiest week of our life of my life um, that that was also easily an episode we could have done, and also. The uh, inspiration for a great album uh, by Handsome Boy Modeling School,
2: and Handsome Boy Modeling School is a reference to that episode. That
0: episode, yeah. And then they use they use uh, dialogue from the episode and a bunch of songs on that album. So, uh, anyway, that's that's beside the point. So yeah, zoo animals on wheels, fucking weird. I would say, I would say, don't watch this as your first episode. Oh
2: yeah, only watch this if you want to know why people hate it. Yeah, because yeah. it is funny, but you have to really be in like kind of i don't know what but don't watch this ever as a first episode it's just too weird
1: yeah
0: and this is the kind of show where i think we bonded over this show um early when we first started getting to know each other and oh yeah Yeah. it's this kind of show you bond with people over because it's a very defined sensibility i think that enjoys this show so
2: in fact i think we were just like amongst a, a big group of people and you just out of nowhere, asked me if I like the show "Get a Life."
0: That that's really yeah. I mean, that's weird. I guess I could tell just from talking to you. And uh, I
2: immediately said, "Go away, put your pants on." But from there, it, it you know turned into a podcast.
0: We did, yeah, exactly. And and you still say, "Go away, put your pants on" whenever we're together. But I take it for but the not good Not when day we're gym. apart. No, no, of course not. Not not on our nightly video chats. Um, is that what you call them when you do the, uh, the chat roulette video chats? Somehow we always end up with each other on chat roulette. I don't, I don't know. I
2: how think it it's because no one else uses chat roulette anymore. So we're just rolling and rolling and getting the same, same faces. Well, to quote Chris, Chris Elliott,
0: poo on them. Uh, yeah, don't, don't watch Zoo Animal on Wheels as your first one. But if you want to really get at the heart of what this show is, it's, it's a good one to come to. Or what if, this show is trying to do.
2: I do think one of the episodes we are doing would be the, a, a good entry point.
0: Okay, well we'll talk about it. Um, well, you you have the list. So what's okay? The...
2: Well, that's that's not the next. Next one is camping 2000.
0: Which is, I, I was my pick, so I'll talk about it. So uh, Bob Elliot, I guess Bob Peterson on the show, um, Chris's dad is going to go on his what annual hunting trip or camping He's... trip.
2: Yeah, and he'll by himself camping trip.
0: Yeah, and somehow Chris talks his way into tagging along with his best friend Larry, played by uh, Jason Robard and Kath or Lauren Bacall's son, which I didn't know. Um, so they go along with him, and they end up. Uh, they're they're total idiots, of course. Uh, and and uh, so the dad ditches them in the woods, and uh, they end up eating poisonous berries that give them hallucinations that make them psychotic and they end up trying to uh kill their kill chris's dad uh but it it doesn't work out anyway that's that's the plot in a nutshell but um i don't think i've i don't know if i laughed at any other episode harder than this one i wrote down about a full page of quotes <laughs> from this i just thought it was i mean just I don't want to just read quotes the whole time, but just stupid shit like uh, Chris saying, rich, chocolatey, fishy Ovaltine, to describe Ovaltine. Um, and everyone everyone knows groundhogs have been extinct for millions of years.
2: <laughs> I like when he's trying to convince his dad to let him go camping, where the mom says, I never get any time alone. Take him.
0: Yeah, I never get any, any break from this idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... I think the thing that made me laugh the hardest was when just they're sitting down and out of nowhere, Chris says, "I think now would be a good time to practice my my goose calls," <laughs> and his goose calls are, "Here, goose!" I lost my shit at that. It, it's the most ridiculous. So you either laugh at that or uh, don't watch it's the tough. show because yeah, you're not you're not going to enjoy it. Um... Yeah. Uh, what? What? And then they so they are lost in the woods. Chris licks a tree to get their bearings,
2: uh, which brought another funny line where he's. First of all, they're arguing if it's a tree they've seen over and over, and and uh, Sam Robart says, "Well, I wrote our names on it the fa- last time he was here," <laughs> and Chris is like, "Well, there could be plenty of people writing that name on it." <laughs> so that's when he licks it to find out if it's a tree they passed before.
0: Right, which he hadn't licked before, so his licking makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> they end up eating dirt
2: because because if they had had if he had licked the treat before, it would make plenty of sense.
0: Right, exactly. Well, <laughs> more sense. <laughs> um,
2: it, but the, the eating dirt is a a funny part. That, not funny, but it's funny that the David Merkin so so delighted by it. In the commentary, he says And that dirt was chocolate and it was delicious. <laughs>
0: Damn, I'd hoped he'd actually eaten dirt. Um, it's a stick. Did, did David Merkin say what that was?
2: Yes. Yeah, also edible. Also delicious.
0: Oh, uh, and uh, and what else? Oh, then Chris's packing list for for going <laughs> camping. Do you remember that? He had uh, he had a pair of women's shoes, uh, his stack of Desert Island forty fives, an extension cord, and three staplers. Um, and then, of course, in his pocket, he had his lucky can of soup.
2: <laughs> he always takes with him everywhere.
0: And it—it it was just—it's so fucking dumb, but so hilariously funny. Just the idiotic things, like he says, if they could put a horse on the moon. <laughs> um, and and then when once they start hallucinating, uh, their head—they do some really bad special effects with their heads. So Chris's head looks like I don't know a diamond. It's diamond shaped. Yeah. Yeah. And Larry's is all kind of long and melty looking.
2: That's another thing. Another thing Merkin talked about, where he said, "Nowadays, that's really easy to do with on your Mac computer." But back then, that was really cutting edge. Which I don't know if it's true, but that's what he said. But he he said, and also, uh, Chris Elliott kind of looks like a combination of Bud Cort and Michael Stipe, which is appropriate since Michael Stipe sang the theme song. Yes, he did. Stand.
0: Um, it, yeah, I don't believe it was cutting edge because the effects look very seventies to me. But I mean, that's just part of the whole aesthetic of the show, too.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: But then when they, they've eaten the berries and start hallucinating, uh, uh, Larry says, maybe we shouldn't eat anymore. And Chris says, did you just call me a whore? <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> Larry says, no. And he, he follows it up with the capper. Are you insinuating I'm not good-looking enough to be a floor? Yeah,
2: that was the best.
0: Just so moronic.
2: <clears throat> Another uh, great... Uh, joke that comes on around then is that he, when he they have they they keep it's a mo- another montage and they keep going back and forth to it where he has a stick he's kind of eating the stick and whittling at it and eating, and it goes all the way through to at the end it's like a, a bow and arrow that you'd buy from 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 the store it's a cr- it's yeah like, like
0: brand a, new <laughs> almost a crossbow it's all metallic and yeah, yeah yeah that's what he whittled out of his his stick
2: <laughs> and that's one of those dumb jokes that doesn't have a laugh track
0: Yes. No, exactly. Oh, God. And you can, if you want to really add to the surrealness of the show, watch some episodes without the laugh track.
2: Oh, you tried to do that? I I I did not try to do that.
0: It's super fucking weird. Um,
2: It's weird. The market was saying there was some part where he said the laugh track, you can hear one laugh that's louder than the others. And that's mine because he'd have the since they knew that they're going to put a laugh track. They had to put a laugh track in. He would let the crew laugh. And he said, "I really laughed at this scene. Most of the crew didn't, but of course, they're, they've been much hardened more by life than I was." So that was that point. I'm wondering, can you hear any laughter at all during when they take the laugh track out? Yeah, you they're...
0: you can hear the crew laughing.
2: Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's so fun. I want to do that.
0: It's really weird. Um, it's
2: like watching one of those uh, early television—not early, like '60s or '70s, where a guy had a show on a local station and you can only hear the guys in the crew laughing have you ever seen one of those you know what i'm talking about yeah, i know what you're, yeah yeah but a lot of those monster not monster like Saturday night uh uh late night movie shows would have that kind of thing
0: right right and which they still show here uh do on they? This, on this one channel yeah it's neat um yeah so this was uh, this episode really cracked me up and in the end uh the berries wear off and they uh, chris's dad comes back for him and feeds them while they're uh knocked out and they wake up and see the campfire and think that they've killed and eaten chris's dad so it's a there's more than one cannibalism joke on this show too um, yeah (laughs) which we'll get to Uh, i don't know if you could actually call it cannibalism but you know what i'm saying
2: um another not to do with cannibalism but uh with the killing um merkin was talking about how uh Bob Elliott kind of wants to kill his son. And he says, this is, I think this kind of gets into his mindset. He's like, so Bob Elliott, uh, Bob wants to, ki- the dad wants to kill his son. And you know, lots of fathers think that, but they would never say it.
0: I think that's, I think that's fair. <laughs> I mean, on occasion, <laughs> yeah. not when to, but
2: they not- when they're following you camping and they keep ma- making fun of each other's pants. Sure.
0: Yeah. And, oh, that was a, that was another thing when, uh, i don't know if you remember when they were all uh goofed up on the berries uh they're wrestling they started fighting chris and larry and and uh i don't one of them thought the other was a giant octopus and the other thought the other one was a underwater poodle <laughs> <laughs> so it's chock full of that shit um we've we've got over this episode enough i guess just, i think I, so yeah. i hate just quoting stuff but it's so quotable um so what's what's the next episode
2: the next episode is the episode I think would be the, the best entry point for the show. Neptune 2000.
0: Oh, yes. Another one of mine. Uh, so, in brief, Chris orders a, uh, a build-it-yourself submarine from the back of a comic book when he's a kid. Ten- yeah. And it takes uh, 20 years to arrive. But uh, then it finally does. And he and his dad set it up inside Chris's shower. And they, they fill it with water. And uh, then suddenly the, uh, he puts a periscope up, right, and it breaks the shower head. Right. So water starts spewing in and they're trapped in there and they can't get out. So they're trapped in a – the two of them are trapped in a submarine in Chris's shower. That's, that's the plot of this episode. And uh, what, were, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this is a very good entry point for people.
2: Uh, it's just funny all, all the way through. Uh, just, just having those two together – and him, Chris Elliott being so excited to be working with his dad, and Chris and Bob just being like, "Get me away from here!" It's just hilarious.
0: Yeah, so, uh, sorry, I crazy glued your eyes shut, Dad. <laughs> when they were building it, and there's another one where Chris does a whole like uh, monologue from Jaws in it, in the voice oh, right. of the Jaws yes. actor, which is hilarious
2: and that is the first I, I don't even know if i've ever seen jaws at this point but i knew that i know that i didn't see it then and so i didn't know what that was from and i i quoted that to someone at some point like you're a Jawsman. like no let's get a lie
0: <laughs> and the funniest thing about the speech is he's he's giving the speech and doing it in the voice of the actor whose name i can't remember right now um
2: robert shaw is that who, robert
0: is shaw yes that's it um but at the end of the speech, instead of just finishing, then he just starts going for So it's just fucking ridiculous. He does and he also does the Joyce of voice of uh, Jacques Cousteau. The, Philippe, Philippe, they're swimming monkeys and they're swimming tortoise and they're armed. So fucking dumb. And B- uh, go ahead.
2: Oh I was just saying buff funny.
0: But, yeah, hilariously funny. And then, of course, when they're running out of air, Chris is being an idiot and smoking a pipe and doing everything he can to use up all the rest of their air.
2: But before... I, I, I don't know how interesting this is to people, but before they, he smokes the pipe and they say, that, you know, we we really need to conserve our movement. So any movement Bob makes, he just, Chris always like just points at him. And <laughs> it's just so funny.
0: And then, of course, Chris says he has to do his calisthenics. <laughs> Uh, but and and at one point, uh, Sharon, uh, his best friend's wife, comes into the bathroom, and and Bob tells Chris to tell her to get help, and he writes on his note, "Hi, Sharon, how are you doing?" And of course, she takes off. Um, but in the end, it's okay because the uh, all that water pressure builds up, and the uh, the submarine crashes through the ceiling onto the uh, kitchen floor below, so they're safe.
2: And I I. I... I guess we're trying to avoid doing lines but the line where he says where where Bob's like you idiot why didn't you tell we we need help we're dying here he's like you don't just jump into that kind of thing
0: there's yeah there's a little thing called politeness in society or something yeah um yeah that's I would say that's the best one to start with of the ones we've picked for sure
2: or, yeah by far I, I I don't even know if there's other ones that are as good it's just it's it, it's a good it just shows you everything the shows about
0: yeah yeah um, uh, and there's
2: what, a lot of the, most episodes don't have that much Bob, and he really is funny.
0: No, he's great. He it's it's so awesome that he was on this show. Um, and as far as I know, it's the last thing he's done, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I can't think of anything else. It's not like he's in. It, it's it's not like the Jerry store situation.
0: And the we should mention also the mother who is it, Eleanor Donahue. hmm Um, she was the mother on Father Knows Best, I believe, back in the fifties. Uh. I,
2: I don't think so. I think she was the daughter. Daughter. Her...
0: Sorry. Yeah, maybe the, uh, the oldest daughter. You're right. Sorry.
2: Was it Father Knows Best? or? Yeah, yeah. you're right. Father Knows Best.
0: Yeah, she was the oldest daughter. Yeah. Um, and, and they're both, the parents are both, she's just kind of in a fugue state almost. Um, <laughs> she's just kind of glassy-eyed and, and oblivious. She's got a permanent smile on her face no matter what kind of horrible shit is going on around her and
2: and it's not like the it's the permanent smile is is in front of something that's really nice she's kind of a nasty person
0: no yeah and, and no matter what kind of horrible stuff she's saying yeah she's yeah. always got that permanent uh 1950s smile on
2: right right and, and i guess i mean that's certainly a part of the the, the they're making fun of those 50s shows but they also like those 50s they shows. like them now, yeah they got her i mean yeah we're we're saying these that she's saying these horrible things but she's still likable because that actress is such a nice person.
0: Well, and that's the that's one of my problems with like, especially listen to the the commentary and stuff where it, they're like talking about what a, a psychotic person he is and and how evil. But
2: I like Chris too. Yeah, well, I don't. I think psychotic is off because he's not. Does he does he ever do things? Oh, he does stalk the girl.
0: He does stalk somebody. Yeah. He, no, yeah. he does do psychotic things, yeah. and he does. Okay. He, yeah, he's obviously. I mean, he forgets his mother's name. He forgets his own name. He's obviously got severe mental issues, and oh, yet,
1: yes.
0: and yet, in a weird way, I relate to the character. <laughs> yeah, I always have. So I, it kind of like, I, I kind of take offense when people talk shit about the character that much. <laughs> but maybe, maybe that's the problem with uh, us fans of the show—is that we are a bit psychotic. I, I guess.
2: <laughs> Leave Chrissy alone
0: so what's the next episode
2: oh this just reminds me of something that they they talk about in the show and i don't think i would have noticed it on on my own the next episode is chris's brain starts working
0: oh damn another one of mine i guess i'm getting all mine out of the way sorry um so i'll give i'll give a brief synopsis so uh there's a toxic waste being dumped near uh, chris and gus's house this is the second season um so he's living with gus and and the government comes and tells them to get away, but but Gus is kind of a uh, almost a survivalist type character, and he's like nobody's going to tell me what to do. This is my house, and so they stay, and uh, they well Gus ends up getting a really long uh, pinky finger from it, and Chris pulls his ear off.
2: He pulls uh, his ear off, and a really kind of gross special effect. He has a stomach. I mean, he has an, a oh, God. mouth in his stomach.
0: Yeah, he has a mouth in his stomach that he feeds food to, <laughs> and it chews. Yeah, that's disgusting. All his teeth fall out. But then, in the end, he ends up uh, being really smart from the uh, from the toxic waste. And so, of course, he decides to use his intelligence to interspelling bees. <laughs> And that's the basic plot of that show. This one cracked me the hell up too. It's it's just as dumb as the camping two thousand, but uh, but again, I couldn't stop laughing.
2: No, oh, it's it's beyond dumb. They they use the same. They have they haven't gone to spelling bees all over their place. And starting in his own town, and then he goes. They use they use one actor for his own town, and then for some reason, when he goes to London, it's a different actor who's in charge of the spelling bee. And then after that, the guy who's in London was the, was the host of spelling bee. Every other place they went to. So when they went to Italy, it's just the same like kind of boring white guy with a mustache.
0: Right. France. France
2: is. I think he has a cigarette. I forget what it is for each country, but it's so stupid. Baguette.
0: When, yeah, they go to Australia, and of course, it's filmed upside, <laughs> upside down, down. Yeah. so they're standing on the ceiling. Uh, they go to the moon, of course,
2: the spelling bee, but and I, uh, something I didn't notice on my own, but they said in the commentary, when they go to the moon in the background, spew there.
0: Oh, no shit.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I didn't even notice that. Um, we'll talk about spew in a bit. Uh, oh, that's, that's pretty great. Um, and of course the, the classic line from this that I think we both talked about, uh, way back in the day when we were talking about get a life that we both remembered, uh, the way he tests himself to see if his spelling has gotten better is to spell the word pants. And then when he's when he's smart, of course, he realizes there is no silent K in pants.
2: <laughs> this this episode has a lot of stuff that I, I remember, like, referencing before I'd seen it again. It also has the line where he's, he says, Conversations are much better when I don't have a running th- uh, cartoon theme song in my head.
0: Yeah, I wrote that one down for this, too. Yeah, that's hilarious. And that, that's a... Real insight into the character, and the show, <laughs> I think, that instead of listening to people, he's singing cartoon theme songs in his head.
2: Um, this, the, it's interesting, this, uh, we we were talking about this episode because I, a couple weeks ago, you know, it's the Flowers for Algernon plot. Yes. Much. And a couple weeks ago on It's Always Sunny, they did the same plot. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't? Flowers for Ch- Charlie? No, I, I don't
0: have uh, cable, so no.
2: Oh, oh, I thought, anyway. So anyway, it was interesting, but... Oh, I wanted to talk to you about. it. Well, I'll just say what I wanted to talk about. It's they. And I don't know if they did this on purpose. They air on the same network, so maybe. But Flowers for Charlie aired on, whatever time it's on 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 FXX, and then following It's Always Sunny is a show called The League, and that episode was Flowers for Taco, where the the, the taco character got a brain for that episode, and it's it just really high. And I I hope that I don't know if the League people knew this was going to happen, but it really highlighted how much better It's Always Sunny is than in The League. Yeah. But yeah. You you haven't seen either so it doesn't matter. But anyway, it's it's a, a fun common plot.
0: But I can't imagine either was funnier than this episode again.
2: Oh Life. no, they, they they were the the always sunny did it had a nice twist to it but it was not nearly as funny as this. And not nearly as absurd either. And it's it's always sunny is pretty absurd but I forgot how absurd this show is. Oh, this show is off the wall. Absurd like he has it and they mentioned this in the commentary but I thought it when I was watching it, he has a drink on the moon. And they're all wearing space helmets. There's no way he can drink the drink. Nope. There's no way he can drink the drink. And that was the reason he, they wanted to keep going to Spelling Bees, because Gus loves the... The free drinks that you the, get. The, the, yeah, the, open, the Spelling Bees have the best open bar.
0: And, uh, and groupies. I think Gus, <laughs> Gus also went for the groupies, he mentioned. Right, yeah.
2: Uh, because the groupies are at his door every night, and Gus says, thanks for throwing a couple, you didn't want my way.
0: But yeah, the, the absurdity, uh, I don't... I think it was this episode, I didn't write it down, but when the the government dude comes from uh, to, to warn them, he's in like a big hazmat suit, right? <laughs> and then doesn't Chris mistake him for a Girl Scout, or was that a dip, yes. different episode? Yes, yes he does. Uh, and he tells Gus to go get his purse. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted to say. I, I don't know if you've, you've noticed this. Anytime there's a montage that's just about Chris, they, and the music they use is always uh, somehow girl-related.
0: Oh no! Shit! Did they mention that in the commentary?
2: Yeah, they purposely did that.
0: Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the music, I unfortunately could not find any uh, zoo animals on wheels to put at the end of this episode. Well,
2: I, if I mean, I might try. If if I can do it fast enough, I'll just rip. Well, it.
0: I did find something good.
2: Okay, use that. So one.
0: yeah, yeah, you'll. I think you'll be.
2: Uh, as long as it's not Stan, that's too boring.
0: No, no, I wasn't going to do Stan. We already did after
2: watching a bunch of episodes in a row, hearing Stan is just kind of, I don't want to hear it anymore.
0: Oh, I fast forward through the theme.
1: Man. Yeah,
2: I started to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, it is Flowers. fact
2: for... when it was on once a week, I used to, like, oh, this is great. And I didn't really know R.E.M. at that point, but I was like, this is a neat song.
0: Yeah, not so much after, uh, however, 30 episodes in a row. No, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, I, I'm basically done. It was Flowers for Algernon. Of course, he he loses his skills later on. His intelligence, and uh, of course, the word he gets that screws him his pants.
2: <laughs> and uh, the the government guy was Mitch Pileggi, who was in X Files. He played the Skulls director. Yeah, the, yeah, the director. Yeah, and that was kind of neat to see him be, way before X Files. Kind of playing a similar role. Not really, but well, a um, hard ass
0: government dude. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else? This, this is a fun episode. I Really good episode. This yeah. is one of the best Gus ones. Yeah,
0: it is. Uh, well, we've actually got two really good Gus ones coming up as well. Uh, so what, what's the next one?
2: Spewing me. Uh, Chris Chris finds a, a traveler from space in his backyard and brings him in and tries to bring him back to life. The The, the alien who is a kind of disgusting puppet. Uh, attempts to beat Chris up over and over again, but he lets out uh, various juices that are tasty. The government comes and tries to to get the alien. They won't let him. Uh, he goes to hide out at Sharon's, and Sharon turns him in. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, he goes out to the store to buy something for the for the creature. And when he comes back, Gus had killed him, and he's eating him. He's eating him.
0: Yeah. So that's the other yeah, cannibalism thing.
2: Um, oh, in the in the commentary. Oh I'm sorry going back to Chris's brain starts working in the commentary for that David Merkin said at the midway point and he was very disappointed in himself of the episode after at an act break that the Gus and Chris look like they're dead and he says the, the he was he tried to make it look like they were dead and he wanted them to sit on the floor for two minutes at the opening of the next. You know, after the commercial. It was a pretty
0: long scene of them lying on the floor.
2: He said, I only did 30 seconds, and that wasn't enough. I wanted to do two minutes. I wish I had done two minutes. I
0: wish he would have, too.
2: (laughs) It's just funny that (laughs) that's one of the things he thinks about.
0: Well, it's it's insane what they got away with on this show.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and he said nobody said anything about that. He's like, 30 seconds was fine. I don't know what they would have said about two minutes.
0: (laughs) It was literally a scene of them lying on the floor for 30 seconds. Nothing happened. Yeah,
2: um, and going back anyway, going back to spewing me. So, I did. I just wanted to mention that because that's the one we. Uh, that, that's one of the times where I, you kind of can say they died, even though they didn't really die.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this would be. I say I would say this would be my pick for the second season episode to get into to start out with. Spewing me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one. It's a disgusting fucking alien. He. He spews stuff all over them, but that's not really why he names him spewie Do you want to? Because Spewy is an acronym. Do you remember what it is?
2: Do you? Do you? Because I might.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, special person entering the world egg yolks.
2: <laughs> entering the world is always the part that messes me up. I always remember special person and egg yolks.
0: Yeah, that was Chris's name for him. <laughs> but yes, he does. Uh, he does uh, drip custard pudding substance out of his elbows uh that they drink and uh and he just constantly is attacking chris and hurting him but chris is so such an idiot that that he thinks he's trying to communicate with him in a loving way yeah it, it, yeah, this is this is that's uh,
2: his way. That's what he, I said something like that. That that's oh when when Sharon's daughter comes in and sees him and attacks him, and he's like, "That's great, you're you're treating like him like he likes to be treated." Yeah, well, there
0: there is a bunch of crazy shit in this one too that cracked me up. Uh, well, well, topical at the time, uh, Gus wanted to sell him to Michael Jackson, and he even had a cup some people from Michael Jackson's uh, outfit come to take a look at him. But they were too disgusted by him to take yeah. him. Of course, Chris takes Spewy to visit his friend, the Pope.
2: Oh my God, I forgot about that. Not his friend, his high school pal.
0: His high school pal, the the Pope, sorry, yeah. Which he does, he goes and, and spews up all over the Pope.
2: And I forget who attacks who, but by the end of that meeting, they were fighting each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, Spewy and the Pope. The, uh... I don't know if you remember, but Chris doesn't want to sell him to the government because he's afraid the government might tease Spewy about the size of his bottom, in <laughs> Chris's words. And then, yes, of course, uh, Gus ends up beating him to death with a rake and
2: eating him. Yes, and the, the like. I talked about having that videotape when I was, I think, the first time I was really off on my own. I was watching this videotape, and I had cooked something for my I mean, this episode. And I was—I had cooked something for myself, and it was the first time I'd ever cooked this kind of thing. It was like a deep-fried mozzarella stick, and I was like, "I can make it at home." And it was an unholy mess. And I never made it again. But it was—I have watching this this episode. I have memories of that how that tasted when I'm watching them eat because I thought this is like spieoli.
0: Well, they did say he was delicious. Yes. Uh, yeah, Chris joined in.
2: Yes, uh, I, not knowing what he was eating at first, and then he just agrees that it tastes really good
0: but then spewie regenerates uh, yes. himself and goes back to the mothership by way of a big rope
2: <laughs> <laughs> technology we don't understand
0: such a great episode I mean I knew that we would just like talk and do lines and laugh about this but I don't care everybody yeah. sh- everybody should, should watch this check this out. Uh, Sorry,
2: we laugh. We're laughing so much at stuff that you don't understand, but you should watch it and you'll understand.
0: Too. And that stuff we've both watched multiple times, but yeah. still hilarious. Uh, all right. Are oh, you... the
2: Godfather thing was from uh, Neptune Two Thousand, the the end of the episode where he he says, "I'm going to write them a letter" because he's he's unhappy with how the submarine worked, and he wanted to write them a letter. So he writes them a letter, and then old age Chris Elliott is sitting there eating oranges like, like the Godfather. Like Brando, yeah. At the, yeah, Brando at the end of the Godfather. And uh, he's reading the the letter he got from 50 years later from the submarine company saying if you want your money back, you have to put it in its original packaging and send it back to us. And the tears come down.
0: Yeah, I and mean, then he keels over and, and dies, he's just absurd. like Brando in the Godfather. Yeah. So absurd. And this, well, this episode, Spewey and me also had, uh, had a reference to E.T. Yeah. Because yeah. he... he Gets him on his bike and flies across the moon, but he doesn't fly, so he just right. falls, falls off the cliff.
2: Either either we we hit a downwind, or Spewley just doesn't know how to fly, but what kind of alien doesn't know how to fly? Exactly.
0: All right, you want to go to the next? 1977-2000. We... And this was I'm... the last real episode of the series. They did a clip show for the final episode.
2: but Yeah, and it's, this is the one written by Charlie Kaufman.
0: Yeah, one of one of two. He wrote another one as well. What was the other one? I think it was the one where uh, Nora Dunn uh, was Chris's prison pen pal, and she got out and kidnapped him, and tried to uh, get ransom from his father. But uh, his father <laughs> said, "We don't care. Take him. Kill him."
2: I have a vague memory of that. Yeah, I, I think uh, in television shows, the 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 writer the writer has is as is as, as, has less to do with writing an episode than in a movie, because it seems like they work as a team, and then they go back and they like they a lot of the lines are theirs, but the the broad strokes might have been from somewhere else
0: possibly you know, yeah
2: that's what it, it's even when they're talking about it, it was like they're talking about the uh, the guy had an idea for spelling b because he just bought and he just spent 200 dollars for the like the complete the uh, dic- set of dictionaries what's that it's the encyclopedia like britannica no the oed like the the complete oh all, yeah oxford part. yeah And uh, so he's like, I wanted to talk about that. And he's like, well, I don't know if it was my idea or someone else's idea to do the spelling bee, but that's what it was in my mind. So it was just like they brainstorm the ideas and someone takes it home. But it's still Charlie Kaufman had this uh, 1977, 2000. Chris every night likes to hear from Gus the the story about how he lost his job as a policeman. And he was upset about not getting a promotion. So he peed on his boss. So Chris wants to fix this. So he goes through all the time machine devices and decides to make some time juice, goes back to 1977 and tries to prevent this. And he comes back to disastrous effect. He goes back to fix it again, comes back and things aren't right until the last time he goes back to fix it. And things are sort of right. Right. So it's, uh, it's they did. I guess it's kind of a, re- a reference to a twilight zone. I'm not sure about that, but it, the Simpsons definitely did the same gag in one of their, uh, Treehouse of ours where Homer went back and messed something up and he kept coming back and going back to try to fix it. And, you know, you, you change one small thing and everything changes.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think Futurama even did, uh, a uh, episode about that, but I, I oh, might, really? I I might be mistaken. Um, yeah, anyway. So yeah, it's a time travel episode and, uh, the time travel, the effects of him going through time, are hilarious. <laughs> uh, th- th- it is like the the worst nineteen seventies karaoke looking video <laughs> thing of him going through through the past. Uh, but
2: my favorite bit—he's going through the past and he's seeing all these like Cleopatra and and like he 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 says hello to them and then he passes by a Pilgrim and he's like, "I don't know what you're supposed to be."
0: Yeah, who are you? And that he somehow ends up in 1977. I, I <laughs> yeah, don't
2: know why, why. These, why these characters are also time traveling. I don't know. Uh, and,
0: and yeah, tries to stop Gus from peeing on his boss. Uh, this this one was pretty dark too. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, like I think in the beginning, Gus was like amusing himself by watching a video of himself beating people up
2: when he was a yes. cop. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Beating people, he's beating. He's watching the video of him beating somebody up, and he's the same video as him beating the guy who was taking the video.
0: Yeah, up. I think he said he was beating up an old lady.
2: Like Chris said, like, yeah.
0: Oh you're, yeah, yeah.
2: You're punching that old lady or something. Yeah.
0: Um, but it was also more get a life ridiculousness with uh, when Chris wants him to tell him the story. He sits in Gus's lap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then, is this, this is the last time I'll ever tell this story. He gets his little lit notebook out to take notes. Yeah. Uh, it, it was so... This
0: one was really bizarre, and you could definitely see how uh, Charlie Kaufman went on to do, like, being John Malkovich and stuff. Yeah. Synecdoche, New York. Uh, or Synod... I don't know how you say that.
2: I've uh, never seen that. I didn't know it was Charlie Kaufman either.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he Chris has a chart on his door that explains how to cross and uncross your fingers and, <laughs> and uh he he's trying to figure out how to travel back in time and he's got a time machine and a time tunnel and all kinds of different ways he said he could what did he say he could run like a girl at the speed of light and that usually yeah,
2: all his excuses for why he couldn't use the other ones he has a delorean outside
0: yeah yeah he i think he didn't have the right sneakers to run at the speed so there's, of light
2: there's, yeah there's something like he didn't have the the pan, the, some, like the, I forget, but yeah.
0: So he makes himself a, a time travel drink.
2: What, the time travel drink has some of the stupidest funny jokes. Like, of course you have to add time.
0: Yeah, yeah, he adds time. Watches and an hourglass and stuff, yeah.
2: An issue of time.
0: And An issue of Time Magazine, yeah.
2: And then the, <laughs> he has all this stuff in a blender and he turns the blender on and it kind of zooms in. So you can't see what's in the blender and zooms back and it's all this, it's drink.
0: Yeah, and he drinks it, yeah.
2: It's not a powder anymore, like all that stuff would create. It's an, yeah,
0: another uh, another making fun of sitcoms type right, thing. Right. Um, yeah, so he goes back the first time, and and uh, what happens? You, you should talk about it.
2: The first time uh, he goes back, he, uh, for some reason, he bothers Gus enough that Gus wants to shoot him, and for some reason, it doesn't hurt him when he gets shot, so his the, the sergeant's boss or i don't know the boss uh, lieutenant is standing right behind him and he's the one that gets shot and dies so chris leaves thinking he did the good a good deed and got him his job and he comes back and the house is is covered with newspapers and nobody's there and he picks up a newspaper and it says gus borden to be a, or gus borden executed and then i don't know if you noticed this the, the headline next to that is idiot time traveler to blame
0: no i didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> what Well I might be thinking of another episode again, but when he shoots the captain, he doesn't just shoot him, right? The, uh, there's a cartoon hole through the captain's stomach after yes. he shoots him? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, so then he goes back in time. Well, it's time. not a
2: hard, like, it's not that you can see through, it's just blood coming out.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
2: That might be another episode with the cartoon hole.
0: Yeah, there There definitely was one. Um, okay, yeah, so he goes back in time again.
2: What happens that time? I, for, I forget
0: what happens the second time. I... I do, too, but uh, when he comes back, then Gus is a... Uh...
2: Oh, I know. He, he goes back in time again, and somehow, I think Gus doesn't pee on him. Right. And he gets a promotion. Oh, I know what happens. He, he, attack, uh, he attacks... Chris does something, and he attacks... It, it seems like he's atta- attacking the captain, so Gus says, kicks him out of the house and tries to beat him up and the captain says thanks for sticking up for me you get a promotion that's right
0: yeah and then chris comes back and gus is a transsexual
2: oh yeah yeah <laughs> with a beehive hairdo and fancy gown oh not only is he has he had gone through uh, a gender change surgery but he uh chris chris is married to him yes
0: chris is married to him in that reality so of course he has to go back one more time <laughs> And convince Gus to actually pee on the captain.
2: And so, I, I, I'm kind of vague. When he comes back, is there anything wrong? I can't
0: remember. Damn it, I should have taken better notes.
2: I, know he, well, he, I think there must be something wrong because he brings out the time juice again to drink it, but he accidentally drinks the wrong juice and the juice he drinks is the juice that will make you explode. Yeah, so he explodes. And dies at the end of the episode.
0: All I, re- I remember I wrote down for some reason he had a... A lock of Michael J Fox's hair, did he put that in the blender? Yeah. <laughs> and it was it had a bow tied to it.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, shit, I can't remember uh what happened was, at the end.
2: Yeah, what the heck was wrong with that reality? Oh well,
0: people need to watch it.
2: Yeah, this this will be the little the little bit you find out.
0: Yeah, go, I would I would urge people to buy the series on DVD. It's not Prohibitively expensive or anything. It's only two seasons.
2: Yeah, and it's really well done. And I, I think I can't think of a show that's on now that I would say. If you like this, you'll like it alive because it doesn't exist. There is nothing to compare it to. Lots of shows take stuff from it. Right, like, like lots of shows do similar absurdity, but there's nothing that takes this show. Just does. Everything it can to not be likable, and still it is likable.
0: Yeah, and it's—I mean, there was nothing to compare it to ever, really. No,
2: no, yeah, I mean, there was—it wasn't. It didn't come out and say, "Oh, this is just going to be like Leave It to Beaver."
0: Right. I mean, the movie Cabin Boy is close. I guess. I guess pretty much anything Chris Elliott involved is involved in is close.
2: Yes, but Eagleheart, like I said, just doesn't have the same feel to. Even though Chris Elliott says that this is the first. People, these two guys who write this show are the first people who write like I think. Right. So there's that. It is funny, but it's not. It's not the same kind of funny, and it's not as strange. Like Eagleheart is very strange, but it's not nearly as strange as as Get a Life.
0: No, but I would. I mean, I think if you like Eagleheart or Children's Hospital, you would like this show for sure. Yes, for sure. Or something like Mister Show, even or you know, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: Oh right, has I I did not know that it had Odin Kirk until watching it or until I got the DVD set.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's got really, really great people involved in it. Um, so it's it's definitely we had to do it just because we're such big geeks about the show.
2: Yeah, and I did. I specifically, maybe we'll do it in the future. But I, for the first time, we did a Get a Life episode. I specifically did not want to have it versus something because I felt like, you know, there's not enough time to talk about Get a Life if we're also talking about. There is nothing to compare it to if we're talking about Eagleheart. It's just like. Well, Eagleheart did this and blah blah blah, but we're just going to talk about Giel Life the whole time anyway.
0: Right. That's the thing. I mean, we're going to whatever we compare it to. It's not going to be a real comparison. It's just going to be two really different things.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and sometimes that will be fun for us to do. But I think with since we have such a passion for Giel Life, it wouldn't have worked.
0: Yeah. I uh, know. I agree. It, it was a good idea, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we've not turn people off to it hopefully we've got some people interested who weren't yeah before. if you're
2: if you should check it out. If, you, if you know john or i ask us to borrow dvds if you don't want to buy them that's fine really good yeah you. i mean you can ask well i didn't say i'm going to give them
0: yeah no i'm not either go fuck yourself pay the 25 dollars um yeah so next week we are doing uh we decided in honor of uh lou reed we're going to compare uh the the first velvet underground with the velvet underground nico with uh, ecstasy the last real lou reed album so
2: that'll be interesting yes i, I i'm sure i've heard most of the first velvet underground because it's relatively famous right but i don't know for a fact i've ever heard, listened to the album from front to back
0: yeah that'll be fun see what you think um and, all right, I guess we're, we're done with uh, the Get a Life. You got anything going on? I, once again, neglected to take notes on things to talk about, so. um, How was your trip to New Orleans? Oh, it was great. It can't ever not be great uh, going to New Orleans for me. That's good. Yeah. I, I, Murder is legal there, so it's like still yeah it's like field day he, Jeez, how many
2: like, did you get into your murder cap i only got
0: three i don't know I was, oh. I was i was feeling too happy about all the music and the food oh that's good well what's the status of murder in oakland it's i mean technically illegal i think if you live in a white neighborhood you can kind of get away with it okay
2: yeah, yeah. i thought i thought it was decriminalized but you still might get someone who's kind of a hard ass
0: yeah, no, I mean Oakland cops will look for any excuse to throw the book at you, so I wouldn't advise it when you're in okay. Oakland. But in New Orleans, definitely. Murder. Yeah. As, as much as you can. I mean it's it's that's what the city's known for. It's a it's a free zone for psychotics. So it was a great time. How was your trip to uh,
2: what the hell is it called? State college? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We I played a lot of there's a board game called Arkham Horror. And we played a lot of that, which is a lot of fun. That doesn't sound the least bit nerdy. <laughs> it's as non-nerdy as you can get. Or it's as nerdy as you can get without playing D&D. Oh, God. Have you ever played D&D? No, but it's unfortunately, I, I'm pretty sure I'd like it because I really enjoyed the, the story-making aspect of Arkham Horror. So I, Arkham Horror was kind of like a guided story because you're going with the characters that the game makers created and you go by the role to die if you're going to uh, live or die. And But we, like the, my cousin and I made up these really fun stories as we played. And I am I'm imagining that's what D&D is like. Have you played?
0: I did, yeah. When I, Man, when I was a kid, my parents used to go over to the neighbor's house every Friday night uh, and play D&D with them. And uh, that's when I would they'd play really late. That's how I got into Letterman when I was a kid. So I would just stay there and watch TV and. and
2: Your parents were later. playing D and D. Yeah, man. That's funny.
0: <laughs> uh, funny is one word for it. Uh, <laughs> I I did play a little like young teens. Uh huh. Um, but it was always kind of like we were always just kind of fucking around. Like then I started playing with like some dude who was like serious, a serious dungeon master about it, and uh-huh. it it got to be kind of a, uh, I don't know, kind of a chore. Like it's just too yeah. much shit to wade through. Like. Just to move five feet or whatever the hell you were doing.
2: Yeah, I think I I think some fun stuff that I think some people put make it into too much like work, so it doesn't it's not fun anymore, and that sucks when that happens.
0: Yeah, well, I think D and D lends itself to that because it's yeah it's almost can... like you know military strategy and shit.
2: Yeah, that that part of it, but there is the part where you create characters, and I think I'd like that where you you know this guy's from this town and this is what happened to him. I I like that kind of thing. That's fun. Yeah, well, I mean, you should
0: try it. I'm sure you could find a game out there uh, in State College.
2: Well, I'm or Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, I guess you forgot where I lived. That's why you haven't sent me any letters. That's I all right. right. I sent them all to State College, Pat. Oh, shoot, the Pat, the Pat who lives in State College is a lucky person.
0: Pat, CEO, of State College. That's all I wrote. The
2: only one who lives there.
0: Oh, he yeah, he's he. Well, he's probably dead now. Then.
2: So <laughs> he lucky never went to New Orleans. Lucky for you. Uh yeah, I,
0: it's not it's not for me. It's too much. Although I'll play RPG video games, that's as close as I get. Uh, do you play Does,
2: vid- RP- Does RPG stand for Really Pretty Girl? Uh, of course. You you huh.
0: played you played the video games, right? Yeah, they always have buxom lasses in them.
2: Yeah, that is such a. <laughs> It's such a weird thing when you compare when you compare the the outfits that women are given in video games to the guys. It's like the the, the when you wear armor in a video game as a woman, it's like a little tiny shield, and the guys is just fully covered, almost wearing a, like a knight of armor. Right. Yeah. I mean, women just
0: don't ever cover your tits. <laughs> I guess not. They're invincible, uh, so there's no need. Yeah. Well, it's no different than in comic books, really, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about the that website that that kind of makes fun of that.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe they've changed it a bit now. I know Kitty Pride was like not, you know, she was. It not... It
2: looks a, like the uh, the new Miss Marvel is a bit more covered up, but I didn't see the whole issue.
0: You're just looking at the cover at the cleavage.
2: No, there, there were the the, the cover I saw. I mean, the the image I saw. She was wearing like a turtleneck, so you didn't weren't seeing cleavage and. You know, uh, she's she's Muslim. You heard about that, right?
0: No, no idea. Yes, in the, uh, oh, because Miss Marvel is just like it's like some force that like takes over a person, right?
2: I guess I don't
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. That's too nerdy for me. Well, I mean, I don't know. There must be. I would think there are probably some more women writing comic books now. At least more than when I was reading them.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So oh yeah, hopefully that's. Change for the better.
2: Uh, oh, I, I kn- think I'm having an old person moment. I can't remember the guy's name who comes on after. Uh, I keep thinking Steve Carell he comes on after the Daily Show. Stephen Colbert, man. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, he made fun of the new Miss Marvel.
0: Oh yeah, no, I didn't see that yet. Um, I watch him on Hulu. So. Why uh, Well, yeah. Well, Miss Marvel being a Muslim, I guess. Yeah, I mean. They do what they can. They still, I'm sure, have a way to go when you're mostly catering to uh, teenage guys.
2: I don't I think they now they're catering to twenty through forty guys. Oh, okay. So I think teenagers don't read comics anymore. I think the audience for comics is, is minuscule. It's too bad because there's still some good stuff out there.
0: What about the uh what about this uh maybe we can talk about this for a minute. That football dude, did you hear about this? Who uh... The bully guy or Yeah, or... yeah, the bully guy and and I was reading some article on it, so I don't want to, like, just plagiarize the article, but the article was talking about how the, the guy who was being bullied was going in for psychiatric help, and, and uh, everybody's calling him a pussy, you know, in the sports world, and, and even sports commentators and Sports Illustrated and stuff, which is just kind of sad.
2: I th- I think the yeah I think the co- the fact that the commentators are like that the the players themselves saying it it's like well they're in that that culture and they're used to it and it's it's bad but it's not as bad as the commentators they're outside of it they they have an objective view on things they could see this this is crazy the guy has mental problems you can't blame him and he might have mental problems because of the the terrible things that the people are saying to him so I was I was really happy that some football players came out and said like there's some football players that were like he did he's a jerk he, he broke the code. You know that kind of right, thing, right? Right. And I didn't like that, but there's a couple guys. Is like, no, he he. There was a quarterback in, actually in Oakland who came out and said, "This guy handled things like a man. He had, a pro- he had a problem. Well, yeah, he had a problem. And he went through the channels you're supposed to go through. I don't know why anyone would complain about that. And that's what, that's what I think.
0: Well, that's what, that's what normal fucking people think. I. That's what, like, the whole thing about the culture is bullshit. You need to change the culture. Really, right when it's right. bullshit, right? Like,
2: but then you have former coaches said, "Well, back in my day, we would have just punch them." Well, okay, back in your day, go away.
0: Yeah, I, I know. You mean back when uh, women were kept in their place and uh, blacks drank at their own water fountains? That that kind of bullshit. Yeah, I I know. When, what the Things fuck? Are great,
2: man. Yeah, that's it's interesting that you've even read the articles about it, as you dislike sports to even
0: think well, of. Well, it. it's just. The weird, the, the amount of backlash against the dude who was victimized,
2: yeah, rather than weird. the
0: asshole, and and it's not that surprising to me that commentators. I mean, when you're obsessed with football as a person, I, I think you probably take some of that that mindset uh, to heart anyway. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah, and you see that this is how the guys play, and I've read this is how this is how teams build camaraderie. like, there's plenty of other way, ways to build camaraderie without. Uh, breaking people down. This isn't. This isn't the military where you're taking 18 year old to build them into something else. But well, you know, even the just...
0: the article I read, he even mentioned like even the Marines uh, put a stop to hazing and shit. You know, he's like, you're gonna say the Marines aren't manly? Like ha- hazing is is douchey bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and, I
2: think the Marines getting rid of hazing is why we lost Vietnam.
0: I think so. Yeah, and three world wars, but nevertheless they're better people
2: and they're more manly than you yes
0: yeah so that was that was my big uh story i i somewhat kept up on on vacation
2: what the hell um do you have any cultural things you're reading right now or doing or recommend your recommendation oh my
0: recommendation for the week shit i didn't think about it um but i will no why don't you go first
2: I'm going to recommend the book I've been reading, uh, and I don't think I've recommended it yet, uh, To Say Nothing of a Dog. It's late 90s science fiction book about time travel, and it's really good. Very funny, very, uh, like, not fast-paced, but it, the the book reads fast. It's a long book, but it, it, as I'm reading it, I don't feel like it's a long book. And great characters. So go read it.
0: You know what I'll recommend? I'll recommend two TV shows. Uh I don't think I've recommended it before, but with Breaking Bad over, I'll recommend The Shield, uh which was very much I thought a precursor to Breaking Bad or I mean the they kind of has the same arc to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was very much overlooked when people talk about the great shows. They always mention The Wire and Deadwood and Breaking Bad and The Sopranos, but I think The Shield is up there with that.
2: And if you're out there and you'd like to watch The Shield, it is available streaming on Amazon Prime.
0: Yes. And another one that's available streaming is Damages, which uh, Glenn Close and Rose Byrne, um, which started on FX, and then I guess... It went to DirecTV. Went to DirecTV, which is weird, Um, but it's good. It's a solid show throughout, I think. And uh, and going to DirecTV actually gave them more freedom. Uh, You know, I mean... You, there is nudity and more cussing and stuff, but also just more more creative freedom, I think, to tell the mm-hmm. stories. Um, and it's all available streaming, so I'd say watch watch one of those
2: shows. Oh, those are good recommendations. I've I've seen a lot of the Shield for, through you, so I need to get back to it to see how it ends. And I've not seen Damages at all, so thank you.
0: Yeah, and maybe I'll maybe I'll check out the book. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but I'll. <laughs>
2: To say nothing of the dog is what it's called. But this reminds me of something else before we go. Have you heard about the new Netflix Marvel deal?
0: Yeah, I did. They're doing what? Uh, six shows or something? I, I think it's
2: four? four. They're doing Daredevil, Iron Fist, Power Man, and Jessica Jones. And then I think a fifth. They're doing Defenders, which is all those guys in one team.
0: Right. After they show all those, they're going to do right. uh, the Defenders.
2: awesome. But That's a lot of
0: fun. Kind of a cheat with uh, Power Man and Iron Fist being separate shows because in the comics they were together, right?
2: Yeah, well, I knew them as together, but I'm under the impression that they weren't always together. That that was a team up that came up later. So maybe they'll have like the second season. They'll have Hero for Hire, which, or no, whatever their comic book was called. Maybe it was just called Power Man and Iron Fist. That's
0: what it was called. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be interesting. Uh, still, Agents of Shield still a bit cheesy for me, but I am I am watching.
2: Yeah, I I can see that. I still like it, but I can see why it's, it's a bit cheesy. But Brooklyn Nine Nine still as good as ever, and Parks and Rec for some reason they're not airing it. Yeah, it's angering me. Annoying. But I guess it's coming back next year.
0: They keep showing. I don't even know what they're showing. They're place. showing The Voice. Voice. Oh, uh, well, I can't talk shit because I've been watching The Voice. But
2: oh, okay. I don't really like those uh, those kind of shows, like the the dancing show and.
0: I got sucked voice. into this one. I don't know how it happened.
2: But you watch American Idol too, right?
0: I did, but you know, I got really, I got tired of American Idol just because those whole audition shows where they're just basic, basically mocking deluded people. Oh, the voice isn't like that. No, no, these people can all sing from the start. Oh, uh, okay. which is which is much better. Uh, yeah, so I, it doesn't it doesn't give me that creepy feeling watching it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, I mean, they still sing really shitty pop songs and stuff for the most <laughs> part. But some, but some of them are really good. Uh, some of them have talent. And I don't know. It's, it's something to watch. Anyway, um, good. I think I'm done.
2: Yeah, I'm done.
0: Everybody go watch Get a Life. Yes, And then you immediately.
2: Can,
0: then you can be our friends.
2: And if you don't like it, don't tell us. But if you do like it, tell us. Yeah, please. Oh, do. write us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Rate us highly on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. And be our friends. Please. We're so lonely.
0: Well, you don't really rate us on uh, Facebook, but you can follow us. On, like us. Like um, us on Facebook. Us. Yeah, yeah. Join us. You will be assimilated. All right. Uh, that it? Yep. All right, then. Until next time. Goodbye, everybody.
2: Goodbye.